This is from Justin McCain, a podcast where Mike Robertson and Bob Roo watch one critically acclaimed film and one terrible film and talk about how they are the same. Friends. Yeah, so this is a mini sode and we wanted to talk about television because we don't want to uh we we don't want to focus just on cinema. But also just by some chain of events, uh we both ended up watching the entire series of Friends. The entire series. I watched it in a record time, like four weeks. I watched ten seasons of television. You literally binge watched it. I was going through a weird time. I just didn't leave my house basically. I would get home from work, watch it, go to bed, wake up, watch it, go to work, come home, watch it. And I did that for four weeks and I have no regrets. That's good. I'm all about it. Um, Whereas I, my partner just got into it, yes. but she uses it as a sleep aid. So mm-hmm. she will just put on a TV show she's familiar with and it'll like make her pass out instantly. Yeah. But then I'm still awake and I watch an episode or two I and then I turned it off. You watched it by... By default. I didn't watch it because I wanted to. I watched it just by proxy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there's so many shows I have not seen, and I really want to see. Like, I have never finished Breaking Bad. Oh, it's a great show. Better great than show. Friends. Yeah. It's really good. There's a lot of shows I really like. Detroiters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Baskets. Like, these shows are like uh, Atlanta. Yeah, like, yeah. These are all shows yeah. that are like right up my alley. I haven't even seen Rick and Morty season four yet. Oh, neither have I. I'd like yeah. to see that. But uh, just, I've seen most of Friends. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so interesting. I love that you and I watched it with different emotional intentions. You were, I would argue, ambivalent. And I was 100% 100 enthusiastic. But your memory's better because I watched it about a year ago. And I literally was watching an episode last night and this morning. Right. And also, I feel like I fall asleep during the show too. So maybe I even subliminately like... Retain it. Retain the episode. Do you dream friends? I don't think I have yet, but... You you also watched it like I watched it so intensely that it all blurred like one episode to me was 20 hours. Yeah, because <laughs> it all just blurs into one thing like, a, you know, you're skipping the credits, too. So you don't even have time to, like, analyze what you've just seen for 22 minutes. You're like on to the next one. And I watched it kind of which out is of order. super unhealthy. And I watched it randomly and out of order. Mm. So just because of whatever the episode that was picked was so sometimes i'd be watching like season 10 sometimes i'd be watching season one sometimes i'd be you know i can go through all of the numbers if you want but yeah season five i, I would like that yeah sometimes i'd be watching season seven sometimes i'd be watching season eight some season two what? maybe season five again have you seen the whole series or i've not seen every episode but i've seen most so you watched the finale i've not... watched enough of them to understand kind of the arc of what happened to all the characters plot lines let me let me ask you a question Who's, sure. who's your favorite character? Well, this is something that I wanted to talk about is oh. the characters of Friends and how they kind of like develop over the show. Right, because right. at the beginning, you're like, wow, I can see why this show works because these characters are all so well drawn. Mm-hmm. They all have their thing. They're all different enough. Uh, and they, there's, they figure out these character archetypes, which are so easy to mine for material that there's always great situations. Yeah. That is like, yeah, Friends makes sense as a perfect situation comedy because these characters, 
the way that the characters exist, they usually drive the plot as opposed to the plot just like happening and the characters just happen to be there. It's yeah. like these characters get into scrapes because of who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, actually, this is great writing. But it started out. It started out great. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because at the beginning, when you start watching Friends and you haven't either seen it in a long time or you've never watched it in your life, um, I saw it when it was popular. Like I remember, I'm old enough to have been alive when uh, I will be there for you or whatever the song is called. Like the theme song, when that was like a gigantic oh. radio hit. Who, who's that by? The Rembrandt. Oh, interesting. It's written by it's some, a good song. It's written by some woman who died recently. I don't oh. know her name, but she wrote that in a bunch of other really big hits in the 90s. And, and the Rembrandts just like got the song and then they... Oh, she was just a songwriter and then... Yeah, they the, gave it to this band who is like has no... Obviously, they nobody remembers them. No. Who made the money on that deal? Her or the band? I feel like both. Because that so. was during the golden age of record sales. Right. Like the 90s. So I remember so many people owned the Rembrandt's album that had that song on it. Right, right. But, but like nobody listened to the other songs. They just listened to the Friends theme song. It's a good song. It's very good. Um, so you didn't answer my question. Who's your favorite character? Oh, yeah, right. Um, and why? Like, and we, 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 we can get into it. Yeah, my preamble was leading up to Ross. Well, you like Ross? Ross is the best character on Friends and maybe even one of the greatest characters in sitcoms, not television history, not movies, not media, but just like he's one of the best characters just in general because the beginning of the series, you kind of hate him because if you look at him in a modern light, a lot of people think he's kind of an incel. Yes, definitely. He's, he's like kind of like a weird, hateful, like prissy, just like he just exhibits all of these negative traits. Uh-huh. Whereas everybody else on the show is has charm, is uh, likable. He's also the only grown-up. <clears throat> he's also well, kind he, of the only grown-up. He's yeah. the only one with a real uh, career and had like a real partnership and had done adult things and then lost some of those things. Like yes. he's... He divorced. A, yeah. He has a his PhD in paleontology. Like he's yeah. he's definitely a grown up. Yeah. But he's also so childish. Yeah. Which is interesting. But he starts off the most flawed character. Uh-huh. And by the end, you just like are like Ross was A, the main character of the show, and B the only one who is remotely interesting at the end. It's interesting you say that because my gut reaction, I'm like, I feel like Chandler is the main character. Just in terms of enjoyment, but the only real arc of the show is with Ross. Yeah, Everyone Ross has the only arc. Pretty much the same the whole way through. Also, I apologize. I'm burping like a mofo. Oh, Anyways, God. Uh, it's good. You can hear it in your beautiful headphones. Uh, so I, I think on paper, he is the main character and he is the most important and he has the best arc and he is the most developed. But he's also, to counter your point, wait, is he your favorite character? Because he's objectively the the most well-written or the most rounded? Uh, yes, but then also... Do you actually enjoy him, though? I do, because... Why? I, I like how complicated he is, because they will go to places that don't... that aren't... haven't aged oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, weird kind of incel kind of moments. Uh-huh. There's, like, uh, that time... But, but it's, like, some of those situations, still pretty, like, pretty funny, because it's all rooted in the character. It's not, like, they're making... Well, I mean, there's a lot of problematic stuff in Friends. I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, like the time when he 
goes to the the self defense guy because his friends keep scaring him. So he wanted to. He went to the self defense guy and was just like, hey, "Can you tell me how, how how I can get back at these women?" Right. And he was like a women's self defense thing. He's like, "What would you do to like get back at these women?" <laughs> and stuff is like that's like very like kind of yikesy. But then also it's like that's a pretty funny comic situation because of who Ross is, not because of like if any other character did it, you'd be like, "Okay, this is kind of." terrible but for whatever reason ross is charming enough slash sad enough uh and also just like he's uh the only good like character for like physical comic situations yeah like he does great physical comedy he's good with like sounds like he screams in like hilarious ways like there's just so many moments where there's just so much they just get so many diverse moments of comedy out of ross whereas by the end of the show like monica is just like yo she likes to clean and that's the only joke that they do. They're, then, they're like, just playing on her neuroses. Yeah. Which is uh, weird. Yeah. Because she's barely neurotic. She ba- yeah, she's, she's barely like neurotic. She's like super high functioning and socially aware. And the, yeah, the cleaning thing is the only claim to her being like this neurotic, annoying person. Yeah. But they, she's not. They don't have any, um, they have nowhere to go with Monica at the end of the series. Whereas Ross, her brother, yeah. is like, they see they still have so many things. I mean, they ended on a pretty bad note where it's just like a cliche rom rom com thing. Yeah, but it's still like Ross is he's he's doing something. Yeah. Whereas Monica's yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, she gets married and has kids or whatever because that's what you're supposed to do. But then after that, she's kind of like a hateful harpy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's the same with Phoebe. Phoebe is just like just so mean. By the end of the show, like all she does is just rip on people. Oh, I guess that's true, isn't it? Yeah, I never and Chandler really about is like that. was always sarcastic. He kind of softened by the end, but he kind of doesn't. He I, kind of lost the edge that made him charming and funny by the end. Yeah, yeah. So he he's became like, very wholesome and yeah. Uh, I wonder why. What are your thoughts on Joey? Hit 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 me with Joey. Joey arc. is probably the most one note character on the show. Uh-huh. He's dumb, uh, yeah, and handsome, and he's good at. having sex with women yeah and they mind that for a lot of pretty good jokes and i love dumb comedy like i like dumb and dumber still Mm -hmm. and you can do a lot with dumb jokes they because you have to be smart to write a dumb joke i feel yes like a good 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 dumb joke you have to kind of be smart and joey's like a good example of like writing a dumb guy good yeah but by the end of the i realized i should have said writing a dumb guy well Wait, what did he say? I said writing a dumb guy good, <laughs> which is somewhat uh, ironic. That's really funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, Joey is just so one note. He's so just like, yeah, he's a dumb guy. And that's kind of, they try to give him some edge by having him fall in love with Rachel. Like he gets some really tender moments. Yeah. But also that doesn't make any sense. But that doesn't make any sense. They When she gives birth and then he accidentally proposes and she yeah. says yes, that's Maybe the worst part of the entire show. I agree. Yeah. It is so stupid. I will say in the moment I was wrapped up because I was, you know, hour, hour 12 of watching it straight. And I yeah. was I was in the world. Um, I had my VR goggles on. Yeah. And uh, I, I <laughs> You're the only in, one watching Friends in <laughs> VR. In 360. And let me tell you, there's nothing behind me. It's just a flat image. But I was into it. It. And your eyes are just. <laughs> <laughs> just so bad now yeah. from staring at a bright, bright, bright screen. Legally blind. Like three inches it. away. Yeah. I don't know. I was wrapped up in the moment, but looking back on it, I was like, this is the most absurd, poorly executed writing mm-hmm. 
I've seen in a long time. And it felt like a stretch. And the show definitely felt like it went on a little too long. Like they, they went to the bottom of the barrel and they were like, oh, there's nothing left. Yeah. Now, now what? Because like these characters get married. They all had who? kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody had kids at some point. Like Phoebe had kids in the middle of the series. Oh, oh yeah. She I forgot twins. about that. Yeah, that was weird. Rachel uh, has a kid. And then at the end, she's going to Paris. But like, where's her child? Good question. Good and like question. Ross goes to the airport to get her. Where's the kid? Like that, I, I didn't what's see. What's funny is that kid is in barely. He's in like three episodes. What's his uh, name? It's a, Jack. It's a girl, and it's Emma. Emma. Wow, I was up to lunch on that. Jack. Yeah. She. Yeah, she's not in. She's in very few episodes. Yeah, it seems like they were like, we have to make them have kids because it's a. Oh, I'm thinking of Ross's first kid. Oh yeah, that's, his son. That's what I'm thinking of. But it's uh, not Jack. So uh, Jennifer Aniston's character whose name is Rachel. Rachel. What the hell? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So Rachel gets a job offer in Paris. She's going to move to Paris. She has no relationship at this point. But then Ross realizes he still has feelings for her and then chases her down at the airport. And that's how they end the series. And then they're like really in love after that. Questionable. Questionable. I think it's interesting because they basically have six seasons where they are friends. They have a healthy relationship. Yeah. And then to just remove that and say, you know what? They're actually in love the whole time. Doesn't make any sense. Well, was it um, because the friends are getting into their 30s, maybe 40s? I don't know how old they are in that episode. Yeah. And Chandler and uh, Monica are like moving. They're getting a house. They want to have kids. Yeah. So, so they're, they're growing up. They're doing that thing where they're just like, let's just hook up if we can't find anybody else. Like, yeah. They were pretty much. It was like a sad ending because they were like, we're just. Where we have given up and we realize that we love each other, but it's like, I mean, what else are they going to do? Mm. Are they just going to give it to some other minor actor who just comes in and is now the love interest that Ross ends up with? No, you have to do like the. I would have preferred. Here's, I, I mean, obviously it's a syndicated TV show, so there's only so much they can do in terms of downbeats, but I would have really preferred if they were like, yeah, we're all friends. And as life happens, we have to move apart. Mm-hmm. and grow and that that would have been like reality i think that would have been really nice uh yeah we were watching i we were like what happened on 9 11 what what do you mean like the on on friends yeah like, yeah, like how did friends present 9 11 they, they like, never did they didn't i looked it up yeah so season eight episode one is like the 9-11 episode. Yeah. And it's basically takes place at Chandler and Monica's wedding. Yeah. So. Yeah, they don't even bring it up and there's nothing in the credits. There's nothing in the credits that acknowledges it. There's even like kind of a joke about terrorism or something in it, but it. Wow. What an insensitive show. No, it's about, it's about people dying in a tragedy in France or something like that. Someone makes a joke like that. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. And it's like, just even Uh reminding people of any sort of tragedy from in New York, I mean, with characters who are living in New York in 2001, like September 2001, it came out like a couple of weeks later. Weird. But, uh, and yeah, then, and they then don't you, acknowledge 9-11, which is like weird. And then two years later, you brought up the fact that the series ends with Ross running through JFK Airport. Yeah. At, to to get Rachel. And that would have literally been impossible. Yeah. It's Newark is, Airport. New, oh, right, right, right. Newark? Yeah. N-E-W-A-R-K? Yeah. Newark. Newark and New York. Yeah, I don't know why they were flying to Paris from Newark, but whatever. That's like flying to Canada from Gatwick instead yeah. of 
the other one. Oh, that's a, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Gatwick airport sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Heathrow. Heathrow's suck the other one. Gatwick. Yeah. Suck it. Gatwick. Suck it. The nice thing about Heathrow is you just get on the Piccadilly line and you can get right to the center of London in like 25 minutes. Yeah. It's great. Oh, also another weird, like watching friends from beginning to end is fascinating and you will agree with this Uh huh. because you get to see so many, uh, guest stars who go on to be famous later. Brad, well, Brad Pitt was already famous. Yeah, but like Anna Faris oh, from yes. Scary Movie was the surrogate for uh, Ross or for Chandler and Monica's kid. Yeah, uh, you know Paul Rudd marries Phoebe or whatever the hell at the end. I think. Oh right, that was before he was. And Hank Azaria also was like Phoebe's boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. One thing that I noticed today. Uh huh. Because we watched the 9-11 episode. Try and guess the cameo who happens right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Which celebrity cameo? You will never guess this. Who is it? You have to guess. It's a man. Tom Hanks. No. Think uh, not famous. You see him every week. But you okay. do not know his name. But you see him every week. Ooh. He's famous enough that if I told you who it was, I would be, be like, like oh, oh, what the? And it's like a, a an actor? an actor oh i mean this is every week you see him probably every week if you watch television i don't or i mean i do but it's you know you probably every season consecutively who every i'm not gonna okay this can't go on that long what it's not a news anchor no who is it the nw guy what the guy from the nw commercials is in the 9-11 episode as who the photographer for the wedding. Oh my god! I was like, "What?" I thought this guy and was. This is pre A and W. This was long, long before he was an A and W. Wow! Guy. So he was just a hustling. He's actor just like, like a the weird kind of like side actor who gets a couple of lines. Yeah. Pretty funny. The A and W guy. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, by the way. of course you would never have. Who'd yeah. have thought that that guy was anything but the A and W guy? But apparently he was in Friends. Shit, that's so interesting. He yeah. would be a fun one to look up online and see what his resume is like. Because yeah. I bet it is eclectic. Oh, I bet. And then yeah. it just it becomes A and W, and he gets like paid so much money that he just stops working, basically. Yeah, films three days a year, selling Mc not McChickens, whatever Grandpa like, Burgers, chubby chicken burgers, and yeah. Grandpa Burgers, Teen Burgers, Beyond yeah, Meat Burgers, just basically going to people on the street and being like, "It's real meat. Can you believe that?" And they're like, "Wow, I can't believe this is oh, a real, real animal, meat. and not just like <laughs> mealworms and sawdust," <laughs> uh, which yeah. is what it was before. Yeah, yeah, probably. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. The Shit. AW guy was on the 9-11 episode, or I guess the 9-27 episode. Came out a couple weeks after. Dang, that's really interesting. And they don't acknowledge 9-11, but I didn't watch the full episode to see uh-huh. if they like did it at an establishing shot with the two towers missing. Oh. But also it means, like, I don't know what the timeline of Friends is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if things are happening as I heard it was 1930 to 1940. <laughs> so right on right right as right right on the eve of Pearl Harbor being attacked okay, is wow. when the show ends is what I was told. Oh interesting. Yeah. So the two towers are always in the shot then that makes sense. Yeah. But uh two no, towers does, weren't even built then anyways. It's, it's weird because <laughs> you're watching a sitcom, the show ends one season on a cliffhanger and then you resolve the cliffhanger in September. Yeah. So one would think that you're watching something happening in September, but we know that the stuff that happened in the story literally minutes before in the story yes. happened months ago in our time. So you could think you're just like, oh, Monica and Chandler got married and 9-11 is something that they're internally thinking about sometimes probably. 
but they aren't because but, they oh, didn't man because their wedding happened in the summer so one would assume that it happened in the summer why but i wonder like the executives at nbc were like let's not bring this up because what a bummer well i read an interview with the one of the writers oh, or okay. the creator or whatever and they're like 9-11 really threw us for a loop because it made us realize that our show had was not not topical at all right so they could not respond because they had never responded to anything in pop culture they probably couldn't figure out how to wedge it in yeah so for the characters to be sad that the two towers fell down would have just been like, well, that would have been bad TV probably anyway. Yeah. And it's a comedy, like yeah. a, a very blissful comedy. Yeah. The stakes are so low in that show. Yeah. It kind of celebrates that kind of nineties. Um, Makes me wonder nihilism. When, when did Seinfeld end? 90. Uh, Seinfeld ended in 99. I wonder what. They if, both kind of lasted 10 years. Do you think Seinfeld would have brought up 9-11 if it had happened while the show was running? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because both shows are very similar in terms of they're just about characters in New York doing whatever they want. Yeah. And living their lives. And, like, and they're you, not political Have you ever. ever seen anything acknowledge 9-11 and it go over well? Have you watched, seen any media? Like the only no. thing that I've really ever seen acknowledge 9-11 is like somebody found a picture of that some random fan drew on the internet of the Sonic the Hedgehog characters remembering 9-11 and then just laughing at the fact that somebody <laughs> was sad about 9-11, but they love Sonic the Hedgehog so much yeah. that they had to draw all of the Sonic characters sad. Mourning. Mourning. Loss. Yeah. Would never forget, but they're all Sonic the Hedgehog characters and they're all crying, including Dr. Robotnik. Really? Oh, yeah. Arguably the guy who I would assume would be pretty stoked about the whole situation. I know, but he was also sad. Also moved. He was moved to wow. tears. Because the that was the day that the world stopped turning. And Robotnik, even he knew. But his whole thing was he was just stealing animals. <laughs> if you like follow the, the games. He's he was like just trying a, to get emeralds and stealing animals and turn them into emeralds, I think was the whole thing. He's like Noah. Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was just very concerned with animals, it seemed like. Interesting. Apparently Sonic the Hedgehog is an alien hedgehog. I believe it. That's what the movie that just came out, kind of, that's the story it's going with. Yeah, it was filmed here in Canada. It's filmed oh, in Vancouver. right in Vancouver, right? Yeah, now. or no, somewhere near Vancouver. Anyways, yeah, it's right. in BC. Yeah, you can tell. Oh, really? There's a lot of Canadian flags everywhere. There's lots of Canadian flags. But anyway, we're not talking about Sonic. We're no, we're not. Friends. Uh, okay, that's... Hmm, Seinfeld ended in 99, Friends ended in 2003, 4-ish, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was something that I thought I was thinking about recently as I was watching Friends. Friends is like Seinfeld. They The shows used to air one right after each other. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like Must See TV with Frasier. I'm not sure of the order, but Frasier, Seinfeld, and Friends, and there's probably another show. That's a good just, night of TV. There might have just been like a, a show that kind of came in and out. Like this show was on Musty TV, got canceled. Right. This show came in, got canceled. Like I think it was those three for most of the 90s, mm -hmm. starting in like the mid-90s. And then uh, when Seinfeld ended, I can't remember what happened with Musty TV. But Seinfeld and Friends used to air right after each other. That's awesome. They were both about New York people. Uh-huh. They were both about, they kind of had that kind of uh, Gen X slacker anger kind of feel to them. Yeah. I'm not sure if Seinfeld himself is a Gen Xer, but there was like kind of that 90s kind of who gives a crap kind of attitude about a lot of it or just like 
everything was cool and sarcastic and snarky. Yeah, yeah. But uh, by the end of Seinfeld, you the season finale is like we acknowledge that these characters are bad people. That was the whole point. It's like, oh yeah, these characters are terrible people, and that was why it was funny. But yeah. they go to jail, so it's like a moment of redemption for, I guess, everybody else in their life, or for the audience, I guess, for just like, yeah, these people are bad. They did something terrible. Therefore, they go to jail. That's how the show ends. And it's like, yeah, that's good. They acknowledge something. Yeah. Friends, on the other hand, never acknowledges that. In fact, they kind of celebrate these characters at the end, even though they're just as bad. I would say they're just like just as hateful, just as selfish, uh, just as well, whatever the word you want to use. Hot take. That is a hot take. Very interesting. Dang. Hmm. What are your thoughts? I haven't seen a lot of Seinfeld, to be totally honest. Oh, that's fine. I just mean in, about like because I've just kind of been talking a lot. No, it's it's well, it's good. What you're saying is very insightful. I Thank you. I didn't. Um, I think because I watch Friends so densely <laughs> in such a short period of time. <laughs> I, uh, my, my, like, I didn't intellectualize it at all because I was just, I felt like I was just living that life. And then I think the reason I enjoyed it was purely superficial. Like I, I didn't, I didn't analyze what I was watching. Obviously sometimes problematic things would come up or they would make jokes that have not aged well. And I'd be like, yikes, that's, uh, that really is evidence towards the age of the show. Well, also, Go back to the Seinfeld thing. Is like the Seinfeld characters, as far as I can remember, were never transphobic. No, they, they were weren't. never explicitly homophobic. They were never ex- explicitly friends. Was all of those things friends? Friends just like took shots. Yeah, but, they did. like for the lols, and it was it happened a lot. Yeah, and it was like yeah, they're like genuinely hateful people. They are just privileged white New Yorkers mm-hmm. uh, who yeah. Probably step over homeless people and like don't think anything of it. Oh, definitely. definitely. Except, for, except for Ross. When I was watching, I was like, yeah, all these characters are well-rounded. That was my initial thought. I was like, Joey is complicated. He's not. Yeah. But I was like, he's complicated enough within the context of the show that I totally buy in. Yeah, he seems like he's got some complexity to him as the show goes on. I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole series. But I didn't think about it too hard. Like It was like just eating popcorn. Visually right. eating popcorn is how I watched it. And then having now talked to other people, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of aspects of this show that are like complicated and flawed and um, at times very offensive. And I just didn't I just didn't think about any of that while I was watching. Yeah. Instead, I I bathed in friends. Yeah. I don't know if if you want to get into the problematic aspects of the show. I don't know if we need to. No, I don't think. Yeah, because it's like. It's it's a it's a hard to wade into the waters of like well it was a different time so well yeah and other people are having that discussion and other people are having that discussion perhaps more clumsily perhaps less clumsily perhaps fewer clumsily <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I I just I love it I love the show I really enjoyed it it was yeah. like good easy watching I mean yeah it's like smoking a cigarette but I guess maybe because I was removed from it because I didn't choose to watch it it mm-hmm. just kind of like was on i think you intellectualized i could could, yeah i could have like that distance i could kind of keep just a layer of media analysis yeah i was looking for a show and then i found this show and i loved it now i am on to cheers which i love um i haven't seen enough of it to really evaluate how problematic it is or like how how evident it is of its age but Uh i'm sure it's a similar problem and that was the 80s i would actually be Interested to watch the original Cosby show. 
Not because I really want to see it again, but yeah. I remember it being like the most wholesome show. I've never seen it. I don't even, what, what was the premise of the Cosby It was show? like pretty progressive for its time. Bill Cosby was the father figure. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor. His wife was a successful something or other, Claire. Claire. Uh, and then he had That's a bunch a of kids. Impression. Thank you. He had a bunch of kids and they were all funny in their own way. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly he was getting up, he was getting into trouble, but very innocent kind of dad trouble, right? Just like he ate all the cake or something like that, and the Ooh. cake was supposed to go to some bake sale. Or I, I don't, I'm just making up a plot line, but it, it was like that level of innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was always teaching his son and his daughter's lessons. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it was like a successful black family on primetime television. So, is there any? I wonder if there's any evidence in that show. Of who Cosby really was. Exactly. That's, I, that's I what I'm wondering because it was that. like, it was such a like positive thing for everybody. And it was like one of the best rated shows on television in terms of ratings. Oh, was like, it? was watched. I thought it was so number people. one for quite a while. Yeah, it was. Like, he was making so much money. So many people were watching it. Yeah, I watched it every week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Cosby what, show was what, great. When, when was it on the air? Like late 80s, early 90s, I think. Cool. Right. Yeah. So it was like, well, I'd be interested to see what that's like nowadays. Watch mm-hmm. it again and uh, see how it has aged. I doubt there's any like problematic aspects in it. Yeah. Maybe there is. Of or course, maybe they're it was extremely made in the 80s. subtle. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, the one, the difference is like the Cosby show is made for children, right? Like it's yeah. meant to be watched by kids. Whereas Friends was very obviously, same with Seinfeld, made for adults. Right. Like young, jaded adults and they're like 20 somethings. Yeah. Who are like broke, living in big cities, just going through the trials and tribulations of being, you know, trying to figure out their life and being assholes about it, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's it was so kind of accurate because when you're in your 20s and you're like a white person and you have enough money to live in a super swank apartment in New York. Oh, yeah. You're probably a real piece of crap, you know? You're probably like Whether an, you're aware of it or not. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some selfishness. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, maybe it's accurate, and that's why we kind of laughed at them. But I feel like it's a South Park situation where, like, Cartman is a bad guy, mm-hmm. uh, and we're laughing at him because he's so bad, but people still idolize him because they don't get it. Yeah. You know, so it's like, not to say that Cartman is the, or South Park is the reason for all of society's problems, because that's a, a wild opinion to have. But um, <laughs> Hot take, but, hot take. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are just like, I love Rachel, even though she's like vain and uh, like I love spoiled. Rachel. She, I mean, she's super charming. I and she's super charming and she's like usually pretty smart about situations she's in. She doesn't take a lot of BS from anybody. What's interesting about her, I would say, is her arc is very short. It like happens in the first season. She goes from rich, spoiled kid to just like like everyone else, like yeah. relatively humble but just trying to get by and figure out her career and then that's kind of where it ends and then she's just having different romantic relationships and then she changes jobs a few times but but her arc really kind of is just the first part of the show and they use her as i think sort of the springboard narratively for the beginning of the show and then ross kind of takes over yeah and then chandler joey and rachel or uh, monica sorry are always just kind of on the back burner narratively and then phoebe is just like so far back phoebe has nothing to do with anything ever yeah she just, she just kind of like has the eclectic boyfriends yeah and she well she's like the, the hippie friend i feel like i don't know why they 
when I talk to people, she's the favorite character. Oh, really? Yeah. Most people say Phoebe, and I think it's probably because she's the most, like, innocuous. She's the least flawed, but she also, like, sticks to her guns, even though her stance doesn't always make sense. And she's just, like, the weirdo. Yeah. And I think everyone likes that because she she's the only one not hustling. No. Also, interestingly, everyone is career-driven except for her. Well, she does work for that uh, big massage corporation at one point. Remember? Did she switch jobs? She, she was. Oh, man, I she was, was the an independent. masseuse, or, or she was an independent masseuse. Yeah, and then um, she convinced Rachel to not go to this big corporate massage place. Right. And then, and then Rachel was like, "I don't care. I'm still going." And then she went, and it turns out Phoebe was working there. Oh, all along. I remember that. Yeah. And it was like that's the situation. So she's a sellout. But then also Phoebe's interesting because she lived on the streets. Mm-hmm. She was homeless. She mugged people. Oh like, yeah, there's an episode about mugging. And then she also has like so many parents' issues. Yeah, like her mom commits suicide, and they get so many jokes out of that. Which is what's so amazing wild. is her her past is 100 percent awful and tumultuous, and it's just comedy gold for some reason yeah she's always so self-deprecating and referencing her childhood and how awful it was and then the audience laughs yeah which is which is interesting i didn't really realize that until right now i appreciated how dark the show got sometimes Uh uh-huh and i appreciated that uh yeah phoebe was kind of like that like the weird kind of vessel for that like it's such a strange choice yeah but it was like i appreciate that they did that at least however yeah, a lot of time they're just laughing at just like, oh, it's funny because she was homeless or it's funny because her mom committed suicide. Like, it's like a wild cake to have. That's an about, insane bit. Yeah, just like, yeah, that is what's funny about it is that she killed herself and that's the joke. And it's like, I mean, it made probably worked in the 90s because the audience is laughing. Yeah. But I guess who is making the audience laugh? Probably a button. Yeah, a button and a light bulb behind yeah. a sign that says laugh yeah. or applause. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Interesting. What do you think of Friends? Is it good? Um, I would say it kind of holds up. You kind of have to turn your brain off as you did, which is why you liked it so much. I did it for four weeks straight. Yeah, I you, just didn't think. You turned your brain off for four weeks. You were just like, I realize this is problematic. I realize this is homophobic, blah, blah, blah. But I still will watch it because there's enough redeeming qualities that I, I can overlook that. Yeah. And, or maybe categorize it. I was just like, eh, it was a different time and just like, just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. But it's like, you can't forget that when you're watching it. You can't ignore that nowadays. I but did. it's wild that we did back then. Yeah. You didn't even like, didn't, you didn't even notice it. Well, people just didn't care. Yeah. I then. remember I watching it in the nineties and was just like, haha, this is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Mm hmm. It's really a show that only worked at the time it was made. Yeah. If somebody was pitching that now, there's no way it would happen. Yeah. And it's just so white. Like, oh, yeah. They, there's there's only a few characters of... Apparently, it of made headlines color. when they had uh, a first... The first time they had a character who's a person of color on the show, it made headlines. Yeah. Because everyone is like, oh, my God, there's somebody black on Friends. And yeah. they were freaking out. I mean, it doesn't make sense if you think about it. Friends kind of represents this kind of like also New York is extremely kind of, multicultural. I know like it's such a diverse city. Yeah, but I think the stories that Friends tells is is so white. Yeah, definitely. That it's like 
it actually seems weird for people of color to be on the show. Not because they sh- don't belong there yeah, or that they shouldn't be on the show, but it's just like, no, kind of just let these weird, selfish white people kind of have their like quarantine in that apartment and just leave them there and stuff. And then there's other more interesting things happening on other shows. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Friends is just like, yeah, these are just selfish white people. Let's just laugh at them for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Interesting. I, but I'll, Friends is good, is what I'm saying. I think Friends is still pretty good. Ended terribly. Yeah. We kind of want, were meant to just talk about the last episode. Oh, yeah. And then we talked the about Minnesota the Minnesota was supposed series. to be the whole. Yeah. But then I think you can't talk about the end without getting talking about the beginning. You know? Well, the end is only what it is because of the beginning. Yeah. And like, how it really doesn't make any sense. I think it's it's interesting that you and I watched it with totally different mindsets, too. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Otherwise, this would have just been us being like, I didn't pay attention. I don't care. <laughs> or just like, it all happened, blurs together. Which one's Ross? You know? It's a pretty long mini-sode. Eh. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I guess they're mini-sodes, not in length, but in talking about the size of the screen the project was oh yeah first it's a mini sode because it's a tv exactly yeah. or on a phone now you can netflix that oh, shit oh yeah i so. know i mean i've watched friends mostly on an ipad interesting and uh it's wild that that's just how media is consumed nowadays what's it like watching something on an ipad it once you do it enough it's it like seems it seems weird to watch tv really yeah. Interesting. You once you watch an iPad for long enough, it seemed weird to watch TV. Like there was a time where you would watch stuff on a laptop. Yeah. And that seemed like it was like a novel thing. That's all I do. I mean, I have a TV and an HDMI cord, which is how I watch Friends, FYI. Okay. Um, into a tiny TV. Mm-hmm. TV about the same size as my laptop screen. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, but watching stuff on an iPad is like once you do it, it's weird to watch TV because it seems like so much work. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing to say. Well, watching anything doesn't require any work at all no, physically. But just being like, I can, like, if we're upstairs and we're watching an iPad, and I'll be like, you know what? We should just go watch this on the TV because then it'll at least look good. Yeah. And then we're not just both staring down at a little screen on a table. Mm-hmm. And you can barely see what's going on. And sometimes if we're watching something on YouTube, we're not even just watching on the iPad. We're watching it on the small screen within, like, the <laughs> the on the YouTube page. So yeah. you get the comments. You get all the sh- other videos and you're stuff. You're not even in full screen. You're not even in full screen. So oh, you're watching that's so something funny. that's, like, three feet away. And then you're watching it on a screen size that's, like, a couple inches by a couple inches. It's, like, a wild time to be alive for sure that's so interesting that's the same as saying like i'd rather watch it on dvd than on vhs because i don't want to have to rewind the vhs yeah but rewinding the vhs is not work no you fit most of them were automated so as soon as the movie is over it rewinded anyways yeah um unless you owned a rewinder which was sick and it could do it in record time um but it's not work you just push a button and wait but mm-hmm. waiting I think people think waiting takes work. That's like why credits, people skip credits. It's they, they think that's work or it's like consuming them, but it's not. You're doing nothing. That's not, yeah. you're not exerting energy watching the credits. No, but it feels like work, even though you're literally doing, you're doing so little that you're bored, yeah. I guess. So it's like being bored is, feels like work if you are consuming media at this point pace or voraciously i would yeah, say I, I consumed it voraciously i also yeah. watched game of thrones in record time oh we should, you know what we should do we should do a mini sode about 
the last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, that, oh, because I've never watched a single Game of Thrones episode. Okay, this is what we should do. All the minisodes are about fi- finales of. Okay. I also, I also haven't seen the. So I've seen seven seasons of Game of Thrones, and then I will write when I finished was when eight came out, and I had no way to watch it for free. Um, so I just didn't watch it. So I have no idea how it ends. Yeah, we should do. Game of Thrones finale. It's a great idea. Now, I will only watch the finale. Oh, I've, been, I've been meaning to do that, just so to watch the, only, only watch the finale. It's interesting. So I'll have seen the whole series, or oh, like 94% of it, and you'll have seen... Literally the last 1% episode. 1% of it. And what many people consider the worst episode of the show. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I watched uh, seven seasons of Game of Thrones in six weeks. Uh, is that an each, accomplishment? Each episode is an hour. Mm-hmm. And I think the first four seasons are 22 episodes. <laughs> so that's oh, that's a lot. It is wild when people binge watch shows and it's like from the 90s or whatever. Like, I binge watched The Sopranos or whatever. I don't know if this is a good example. Never seen The Sopranos. I hear The Sopranos is still really good. I have first season on VHS. You and I should sit down and watch re- the rewind all those tapes. I have a VHS player. Oh, shit. What a match made in heaven. I also have the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. So do I, but I, um, it's, uh, the like nineties. I have one. the eighties one. Oh, so it's not, it doesn't it's have the one with the, no special effects. Oh, but good. I, I'm afraid to watch them cause I don't want them to like get scrambled or get eaten. Cause it's like, well, but then also if I don't watch them then they're not being watched. Well, it's the same as putting a comic, like a, you know, a comic book still in its wrapper on a shelf or like a carrot, like a little toy or whatever in a, yeah. Or having a nice car just sit in a garage. Yeah. It's owning it that brings the pleasure, not the use of it. You're right, actually. So enjoy, enjoy that you, you have that and that yeah. it's not sullied by the process. I know that to be true every time I get a package from Amazon. Uh-huh. Because I order something and it's like, ooh, I want that. And I order it on Amazon. And then it comes in and I'm like, oh, great, I got the thing. And I just put it on the shelf and I never look at it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I have the same. Yeah. It's the so, same issue. so good. Yeah. Such a great feeling of just like, yeah, I got the thing I needed, but then never it well, will experience. Every, the process is identical to Christmas morning as a child. So I think it's a way for adults. Because if you buy something at a store, it's not a present. Mm-hmm. But if it comes to you, somebody gives you a package. That is the same exchange as a birthday gift or a it is, Christmas it gift. Is, yeah, it does kind of have that same kind of feeling where you're just like, oh my gosh, I got the thing I wanted. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go to a store, when I go to a store and I need to buy something that I don't need, uh-huh. but I feel like I should get it. Yeah. Uh, then you go home, I, I go question myself. Well, no, I question myself in the store. Oh. And I will convince myself not to get something. Interesting. But so I'm just like, I don't have the do money it. for this or I shouldn't be buying this or whatever the reason of the day is. It's like, I shouldn't be buying this video yeah. game usually. Oh, I was going to make a bit. I was going to say a joke about, I just order things off of Amazon, take the box and then just open it and then throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even put it on the shelf. Are you like, just oh, throwing it in the garbage? But 50 just, Criterion Collection DVDs of uh, famous Japanese films from the 1940s mm-hmm. and 50s. And I just throw them all in the trash. Who needs that? But you do that because you are you want the cardboard box you want to play inside of it <laughs> like like a cat like a cat <laughs> <laughs> it's true if you, you see just, my house i it's just everything you know how in oh this is back to friends you know when joey pretends to have a porsche and he he has he pretends to have the porsche and then the porsche moves and he's getting all this notoriety on the street y- yes and then he builds the the likeness of a porsche under a wrapping and then somebody gets pushed into it and it's just a bunch of boxes that's my, all my furniture. That's my bed, my couch, oh, wow. my rocking chair, my desk, my TV. 
just little boxes. I love cardboard boxes. My apartment building is made out of cardboard boxes. Wow. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's the real deal. Wow. Yeah. And a tribute to Joey Tribbiani, one of the, the great. One of the most complicated characters, characters ever of written. Time, yeah. 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 Who's, who's more brooding, uh, Walter White or Joey Tribbiani? I mean, Joey in the later seasons when he's in love with Rachel is wildly sad. Yeah. To a point where it's like, oh, good. They made this character a little bit more complicated, but for a reason that I don't, can't get behind. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Good for them for trying, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess this is the end of our first mini-sode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for donating because you only heard this because it's behind our Patreon wall. <laughs> I assume. I don't know. Uh, it's true. Yeah. You have to pay $75 uh, for each episode. Yeah. Yeah. But we mail you uh, a box. What are your thoughts on Patreon? Um, because a lot of the time people will start a Patreon because they are doing something that's getting popular or that, that it has an audience. And then they're just like, oh, I should be making money off of this now because people are consuming this in mass quantity and I'm not getting compensated i think i think certain things require so much work like there there are youtubers making really uh accomplished deft videos um that take like it takes them like 80 hours to make a seven minute video i think that's worthy of money yeah you know and what's the difference between doing patreon and like getting a, a government grant for a dream project of yours mm. I, I think it's basically the same thing well, there, I will it's say, actually worse to get a government grant because the fan of the Patreon is deciding to give that money away. Where, yeah, totally, like, totally. If you get a government grant, then you are the taxpayer's money. You're they just no yes and in my whole point here. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm sure there are cases of it being abused and people are just like, I want free money. That sounds great. Well, but I, that's probably true of, of tax-based grants too. Well, I think there's a strange entitlement that artists have also. I feel like we've talked about it before. Like Joey like, Tribbiani? Yeah, I feel like some artists have a, as an entitlement of just being like, I make the art, therefore an audience should exist for this art. Where for it's sure. just like, I want to make a podcast. Nobody has to listen to this podcast. I don't in even fact, want people to listen to it. Yeah, in fact, somebody might not, nobody will ever listen, you know, could ever listen. So it's kind of wild to be like, oh, I want to make a podcast. Therefore, I should make money off of the thing. There is there is no built-in audience for, or that nobody. You're making to. a really good point. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, I I do think there's a time in which it does start to make sense. It's the same as as doing ads. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be fucking crazy if I was like going around to local businesses, being like, "Hey, I have this podcast with my friend Mike. We talk about movies. Can you pay us money for it, and we'll advertise you by talking about your business casually for 15 seconds." That's insane. Yeah. But if we had a million listeners. A million? What? You said a million. <laughs> I think that would be crazy. Yeah. Did I say a million? Million? Yeah. One you said a million dollars. A million dollars. I'm slurring my speech. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a point in which it makes sense. But no, I, I the entitlement of going like, well, I'm, there's enough people. Like, I, I deserve an audience. Therefore, I'll, I'll do all the due diligence of getting paid yeah. is stupid. I don't think that makes any sense. And it's just, it is just an entitlement and an assumption. And also with projects, like this is a very democratic thing in that you can just make it and put it out there. 
Yeah. That doesn't mean it's good. That means 99.99% of it is shit. Yeah. And so also it's more difficult for audiences now because there's no cultivation of the end product. They're just getting inundated with all of these things, all these different shows. And they're like, okay, well, what's good? What's bad? And then everyone, probably most of what you listen to is shit. So, so it's, it's tricky. You, you gotta like, as Werner says, you gotta be kind of a garbage, uh, uh, not collector, but picker. Podcasters are not garbage collectors. (laughs) Um, If I close my eyes, I can picture him eating a shoe in front of me. 